are listening to the LC and Jack Radio Show, live from New York. And now, here are your hosts, LC and Jack. LC and Jack radio show with your boys LC and the bread man holding it down. Give us a shout here in the studio. You can reach us at area code 347-843-4738. Up close and personal, Urban Talk Radio. Well, Brad, I tell you, man, the, the weather's been really nice, cool, and I, I love that. As long as that heat, and something tells me. We're going to go right in the summer. It's not going to be spring. We're just going to get right into 90-plus weather. It seems like the, the weather <clears throat> excuse me, is going to, it's going to get really hot. So I guess we can't complain. It's better to snow <laughs> and, and getting the nasty cold blowing in your face. So we have to enjoy it. It's June, and before you know it, it it'll be football. And when football comes cold weather baby so baseball seasons on base, baseball seasons in full effect i guess what we're in good shape and the basketball is still rolling here so it sounds like man it's going to be a really great summer we got some great shows for our listeners you our listeners so make sure you, you tune in each and every week as you normally do and We'll continue to bring you great radio. I know the bread man is constantly around the world. What state are you in now, Brett? Well, I'm exiting New York City, and I'm driving down through Jersey, and I'm heading to Baltimore to see Beyonce for me. Go to see Beyonce. Okay. Jay-Z's doing business deals on the side, so I'm going to be front center to see my lady B. You heard me? <laughs> well, I don't know if it's your lady. You know, I think Jay-Z might have something to say about that, but... Hey, he's that's... doing a business somewhere, and I'm going to be in the front row, thanks to my homegirl, Saida. She's one of the lead dancers on the Beyoncé Formation Tour. Thank you for the family gift set. You know what I'm saying? Taking one of my queens, my sister, Anita, and my other queen from Baltimore, Miss Keisha Taylor. You're going to be in full effect, baby. All right. Well, that's good, man. Drive safe there and make sure, you know, you go, you don't get in trouble down there, man. I don't have to come out and bail you out. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're going to be my bodyguards. Right. Okay. You know All right. That sounds good enough. Well, as promised, uh, Brett, you know, we've, I've been boasting for weeks that we're going to have a doctor on the show. Well, finally, we're able to kind of connect. As you know, a doctor's work is never done, and they are always busy. So it is, it is, uh, you know, a pleasure to finally connect with them and really uh, get them on the show and, and, and talk about 
what it's like to be uh, someone that is a healer and help people uh, kind of recover for whatever whatever uh, incident that they they got into. So it's always a always uh, interesting to get a perspective from from the man that deals with medicine. So without further ado, Brad, our guest is Dr. Joseph Chirrell. He is a ER doctor, and um, I won't disclose the, the hospitals um, if it's okay with him. I'll let him decide whether he will disclose the hospitals that he does work in. Um, but he, I, I can say personally, he does a fantastic job in the ER. Uh, I had to bring my mom down. Uh, she was going through some personal issues and um, waited a long time, was finally able to... Uh, Connect with a doctor, and it happened to be, uh, I want to say Dr. Joe, if, if that's okay with him. And uh, he came in and diagnosed the situation, and my mom had a speedy recovery. So uh, it's a pleasure um, to have on the show, on the LC and Jack radio show, Dr. Joseph Chero. Hey, Doc, how are you? How's everything? Hey, guys, doing? Larry Corbett, nice to talk to you. It's a pleasure, pleasure. And, um, you 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 you're into medicine, and I believe, you know, during our conversations, that you've your parents were into uh, uh, medicine as well. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. They're both uh, both doctors, both retired, but uh, yeah, they've led a long career in medicine, and that's what you know kind of inspired me to do the same. And that's that. That's that's. I tell you, your parents have a big influence on what we do, and we talk on the show all the time about uh, having those mentors. Um, you know, your parents obviously being the number one mentors there to kind of help you, guide you in those ways. What was about medicine that, of course, you saw your parents being able to um, be in the field of. Of uh, medicine, but what, what actually drove you to, to to decide to? Yeah, you know what? I, I do like this, and I like to continue in my parents' footsteps. You know, it wasn't uh, it wasn't like it. Um, it struck me at a young age that I was going to be a doctor. Uh, education was number one in our family, our household. Uh, if you didn't get grades, you couldn't do anything else. Mm-hmm. If you had the grades, you could. Uh, you could carry on, you could party, you could hang out, whatever you want to do, but you got to bring home those grades. So through school, science and math were a strong suit, and I was able to go through high school, college, and uh, eventually when I got to the point of making a decision, I figured I could do science and math. You know, a doctor can do that, so let me apply for it. I applied, and I actually got into a medical school. But then I had office choices. Should I do medicine? Should I do business? Uh, but medicine seemed like a good thing to do. I see my parents enjoyed it. They enjoyed interacting with people and taking care of people. They always had fun stories to talk about over dinner. So I started to pursue that. And uh, over the course of that, med school is not fun. It's a lot of sciences first. It's not a lot of patient interaction. Right. Uh, so you don't get that touch. But by the time, you know, you got through the the drudge of the science and math stuff and you start interacting with people, that's when you really start to, Enjoy, and that's when I actually fell in love with med school, medicine. I mean, it was kind of after the fact. You know, once you get into medical school, there's plenty of opportunity. You can work with patients or without patients. You know, 
Um, but I found my love of actually dealing with patients in med school. It took a while. How how difficult is med, med, you know medical school as far as kind of getting through that? Is that like uh, I don't want to say a drudge, but how difficult is you know getting through that piece, especially since you've been through already four years of school, and you might have even been through some additional years of school as well before going into medical school. So that whole process of becoming a doctor, it can seem challenging as far as just the amount of years and that you have to put in. It's about it's about the time and uh, the fact that while your your colleagues may have gone off and started getting jobs and getting paid, and you're still paying people to teach you, that's a that's a little bit of a headache. But the actual science and math and the reading, it's just like anything else. I mean, I tell people all the time: if you want to do it, if you have a passion, there's no nothing holding you back. You don't have to be extraordinarily smart. Just like if you're a plumber or electrician or anything else, you have to learn the basics. Right. And you learn there's a lot of on the job training. So basically the passion, I mean if you enjoy taking care of people, you enjoy talking to people, uh, you know, medicine may be a good field for you. You just have to have the uh the uh kind of dedication to sit and hit the books on a regular basis, that's about it. But you could do it. Right. And I, and I think you're bringing up a good point is that uh, it's like, hey, if you enjoy interacting with people, and that, that's a big part of the job is, is dealing with, uh, especially you in the ER unit, is, is very close interaction with, with people. So if you don't like people, <laughs> it's definitely not the job for you. Yeah, yeah. You'll figure that out. <laughs> you know, you spend enough time in the ER as a patient or a doctor, you'll figure out who likes to take care of people and who doesn't really care. So... How challenging is that, though, Doctor? I mean, I deal with the public as well. <clears throat> uh-huh. You know, I deal, I deal with um, the public, and it can be very challenging because you're dealing dealing with def- different personalities. How tough that is as a doctor to kind of be able to, like, obviously the, the great patient, right, is always somebody that's, that's very receptive to you and 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 uh, cordial. But I'm sure not every patient is like that. No, not every patient is like that, and it is, uh, I want to say it's, it's challenging, um, but it's, to me it's entertaining, it's fun, it's, a lot of it is customer service, um, we got to take care of that, but we just can't lose sight of the fact that people are actually sick. You'd be surprised in the emergency room, you know, out of the hundreds of patients that we see, maybe 75% of them are not sick, they're just right. there for some reassurance. And uh, you have to be able to figure that out and uh, give them what they need without missing the 25% sick people in there. So right. it's a, it's almost like a game. It's almost like a right. game, but uh, it's a fun game. Well, you do it well. Uh, like I said, I, you know, unfortunately, but you know, kind of fortunately, I, you know, brought my mother down, and you know, she was a little delusional. I knew that was normal for her, and she didn't see it that way. And I'm sure you get the same thing. <laughs> it's like, yeah, they're, they're delusional. And, uh, yeah. you know, again, I had, had a chance to, you know, after waiting a while, the ER unit that night was very busy. Uh, but you came in and you were very patient. And, and um, I mean, just those skills of being attentive and listening to the what's wrong. You know, hey, what, why are you here today? And what's bothering you? So, and, and I saw you in action around the unit. And uh, see, so like I said, it, and, and I've dealt with different doctors, and not everyone is as 
um, attentive and uh, the listening skills have to be premium for a doctor, in my opinion. So he can really diagnose, get a, a correct diagnosis of what, what's what's wrong with the patient. Yeah, was, you'd be uh, yeah, you'd be surprised. They've they've done studies about how much time you actually spend with a patient, how much time you actually listen to what the patient says, and it's on the order of seconds as opposed to minutes, as what you would think. Sometimes right. you just have to stop stop asking questions and just leave them with an open and open ended question and let the patient talk. And uh, 99% of the time, you'll find a diagnosis in what the patient says, you know. It doesn't always have to come down to tests. You know, you just listen to the patient and you let them talk and you'll be able to piece it together. Interesting. Uh, you, you're able to pretty much listen and pretty much, you know what, I have an idea, but I may have to run some tests to confirm. So basically, uh, in a general sense, you'll run the test just to confirm your diagnosis. What you come, what you think the diagnosis is, correct? Correct. Uh, oh, history and physical. That's mm-hmm. the first order, and then uh, once we have uh, an idea of what is possibly wrong, I, my job in the emergency room is to basically rule out or diagnose the life and limb-threatening issues, and we work backwards from there. So I use those tests to kind of rule out the big bad diagnoses, and uh, we go from there. And hopefully, along the way, I can alleviate some pain and alleviate some concerns. Well, yeah. It's um and I give you credit, man, is the ER unit is is the ER unit like uh it is on T V? Uh it depends on which hospital, but yeah for the most part it's uh almost exactly that. I've worked at some hospitals that are uh much more exciting and a lot more drama filled than the T V ones. I trained <laughs> in that tour at Tennis County in Brooklyn. Uh, from 2000 to 2012, mm-hmm. and I can't tell you the amount of drama as far as between patients and doctors, between doctors and doctors, between doctors and staff, between patients and patients. You know, it was almost as if they, you know, kind of copied straight from the books or the archives of Kings County when they show this stuff on TV. Wow, that's well, what's what's a common around this time? What's common uh, to come in the ER unit in uh, spring going into summer? Uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, we usually uh, start noticing that the weather is changing. We start getting a lot of drowning and uh, water accidents. And then there's uh, always a spike in trauma-related incidents. Everyone's out in the street, uh, whether it's um, abuse as far as uh, gun and knife violence or just driving around, everyone's cruising around, people out and about. So car accidents and just, just the, the activity is heightened exactly. because more people are out trying to enjoy their time during the summertime. Exactly. A little less of the cough and cold stuff and uh, more of the uh, outdoor activity uh, related incidents. Wow. Now, do you see, uh, of course, when you were you were in Brooklyn, it, I would think that you would probably have gotten, and, and this uh, probably de- determines too, and what hospital, I guess, too, amount of um, different types of, aside from the ones during the, during the summertime per se that you say with, with the mass, but do you, do you think that you see, you see a lot more uh, violent uh, injuries, uh, for example, like 
say gunshot wounds, uh, stabbings. You see a lot of that. Um, you see, you see that more prevalent now in the ER. Uh, we still do. I, I've, I've relocated and I work out in Long Island and Suffolk County and Nassau County now, and um, mm-hmm. we still see a lot of violence. I mean, unfortunately, there's, uh, you know, uh, the summertime and people out, um, alcohol, drugs on board, people partying to kind of lose inhibitions, and unfortunately, leads to some drastic and dramatic consequences. Yeah, it's it becomes uh, so. How how difficult when for you as a doctor? I always think about you know the nice patients you got in, and you know they come in, and you're able to diagnose it quickly. But you know there's patients that you may not be able to you know realistically you can't help everybody. I mean you try to, and some patients don't don't make it. How difficult is it for a doctor to? To on a day-to-day basis, kind of keep that upbeat, emotional, you know, um, just to keep keep an upbeat attitude and and still loving what you do when you see a lot of people that you may not be able to help, and then some people you are be able to help, but it may only be temporarily. For for example, like you know, you may be in the ER unit, and you know somebody may be terminal you know, cancer and those types of things. How how is it to deal with that? Those types of illnesses that come in. It's um, I can't say it's easy. It's it's part of the job, though. It's part of the job, and it's part of life. I mean, I'm the first one to say that being a your doctor or doctor in general isn't the end all be all. I'm just here and say just to help out. You know, there's a higher plan. That's what I believe. So okay. you know, sometimes our only job is to kind of let the family or the patient understand that, you know, I can't stop the inevitable from happening, but I'll make you comfortable now. You know, I'll reassure you that, you know, we'll do our best and the rest of it's in, in God's hands. I mean, oftentimes, right. you know, the most I can do is I'll ask the family if they want to call a, a priest or a clergy member to the bedside and sometimes we can just sit and pray with them. And you'd be surprised at how much that helps people more than some of the medications that we give. Wow. Well, yeah. Well, spiritualism is definitely uh, big. Uh, if that person does believe, it's definitely uh, yeah, yeah. You know, and then you, of course you deal with all types of people. So interesting. Okay, that's that's very interesting. And like I said, I, I I give the doctors a lot of credit. It's a very difficult job, especially in the ER unit. You don't know from one second to the next what you're going to be dealing with. So. That's that's very challenging in itself. One minute you're helping someone, oh, this is easy. I can take care. Of this this is easy. They just had a little bit too much to drink. Maybe they just popped in the ER because for whatever reason. And then the next one you know, you're dealing with, you know, he maybe had a wound, gunshot wound. The next one you're dealing with, I don't know. He's uh, someone's maybe pregnant that may feel like they may be delivering soon. Maybe he can help her. Um, you know, you know, my sister actually falls into that. You know, she actually had to go into the doc, into the hospital. She thought she was gonna be delivering early, so she wanted mm-hmm. she wanted to see the, the, you know, the doctor took care of her and assured her. Not yet, almost. I, that's yes. wow, man! I, I tip my hat. You gotta you gotta be <laughs> quick on your feet. 
it's all part of training. It's all part of training. It's not it's not a gift that uh, is given. It's it's learned over years and with good teachers. Uh, like I said, anything's possible. Anyone could do it. Just gotta be dedicated. That's all. Gotta be dedicated. Yep. And I think that's a, that's a familiar theme. You know, as we talk to a lot of professionals like yourself, is that if you know you can be anything that you want to do or want to be, but hard work and dedication. I think a lot of the youth. When we talk to them, they think that things happen overnight. And you, know, you talk to several people that are successful, and it's the opposite. You always find out that, you know, it, it took me a while to get to where I wanted to be. But guess what? I'm happy. I'm doing what I want to do. And it was all worth it. Of, of all the yeah. blood, sweat, and tears, so to speak. So, like I said, being a doctor, I, I really tip my hat to you just because it's it's a it's a very difficult job I mean highs and lows like we have on, on whatever we do as, as uh, for our occupations but you know with a doctor you're dealing with individuals and you know the information that you may have to relate to them may not be a positive one so and then the ones that you do you, know, you get some positive information so like I said it, it's Give you a lot of credit, you know. You are people, and it's it's a very difficult um, task at times that you have. So keep on keep on doing your thing, uh, Doc. And uh, like I said, we you, we much appreciated for you. A question that we do want to ask you though, and I, I know we talked about it earlier, was a lot of people these days want to self-diagnose themselves. Do you, how accurate is that when someone comes into the ER unit and says, Doc, I know what's wrong with me. How accurate are they when they tell you what's wrong with them because they said they did some research and they think this is what they want, you know, whether it be on the way to the ER unit or whenever or when they got into the ER unit before while they're waiting for you? Um, it's uh, oftentimes comically wrong, uh, which is fun, but... Uh, you know, people like to, people that Google their symptoms are usually worried, and they usually go to the worst possible diagnosis, and that's what they claim to have or think they have. And mm-hmm. they, they, most of the time, it's something minor. Uh, but unfortunately, <laughs> there are times on the right, and uh, we got to deal with it. Right. But yeah. The people that usually Google their symptoms uh, tend to look for the worst thing, and that's why they've come to the emergency room to, you know, to rule out or. Diagnosed the life-threatening illness. Right. We'll see so what's yeah, happening. Oftentimes wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Between that and a lot of the uh, the TV doctor pundits that kind of throw blanks on everybody <laughs> in the same group. You know, I've got more referrals from Doctor Oz than uh, than the local doctor down the street. <laughs> doctor Oz, baby, you gotta love it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, you do. Yeah, I love it, man. It's just, it's, it's, <laughs> it's unbelievable. But that's, but that's what makes the job fun, right? I know it adds some flavor yeah, to it. And I think when I saw you, you had an assistant. What, what actually does he do? He was actually taking notes for you. I don't. He had a laptop, and I think you had an assistant. That was actually, uh, it was actually a scribe. They uh, in a busy hospital. Um, when the doctors don't have time to do the notes, they have someone follow you around and kind of transcribe the patient-doctor interaction, the physical exam, 
and uh, basically cut the paperwork out for the doctor or cut it down at least just so the doctor could be more efficient as far as seeing more patients. Great. Yeah, I, I I saw him doing it as you were going to each patient, so I was like, you know what, I gotta gotta ask the doc, you know, what he you know and that. So on a, on a daily basis, of course, it's like you know we we talked a little bit of the ER unit. What would you like? Is there anything you'd like to add to being a, a doctor in general? ER doctor is one aspect of it, but is there yourself being in the ER? Is there another aspect of medical of uh, medicine that you'd like to go into at some point outside of the ER uh, unit? No, no. I've I've I was trained in emergency medicine, and that's what I intend to do to the day I retire. I enjoy seeing patients. I don't really like the administrative aspect of medicine. Um, I like to get out there, talk to people, and, uh, and that's about it. I think I can do that hopefully until I retire, but uh, we'll see. Outside of medicine, I have other interests, but inside medicine, emergency medicine is my thing. No, that's good. We hope to, we hope that we can get more youth uh, to be in medicine as well, and um, I think he, he gave some good insight. What else would you like to tell the audience about being a doctor, um, some of the perks are you able to create uh, your own schedules, those types of things, or some benefits for being a being a doctor? Uh, there are different types of uh, specialties in medicine. Emergency medicine is what I do, and for me, uh, it's basically shift work. I go in for 12 hours, and after that, I'm off. I don't get calls. I don't get callbacks. Um, so in that aspect, I am able to make my own schedule. Uh, full-time for most ER doctors is probably three shifts uh, a week. Really? So spread that out in one hospital, yeah. Or you could uh, add on a couple more shifts, make it a full four or five-day-a-week work schedule, and uh, spread yourself around. So, yeah, it's very uh, it's very easy to make your own schedule in the emergency room. Uh, as far as the other doctors are concerned, they might have to do office hours and maybe some operation room times. So it's a little bit more strict, but for certain things like emergency room, it's uh, it's very easy to make a schedule. Remember, we're on 24 hours a day. There's, there's always doctors in the emergency room. Correct. So you can pick up a shift on Sunday night. You can do it Sunday morning. You can do it Monday, any day you want, holidays, weekends, everything. Now, is there a restriction on the amount of hours that a doctor can work? Uh, as far as being an attending, once you're finished with residency, they kind of lower the restrictions. Um, a wise person would not work more than 12 hours uh, in a row without having a 12-hour break. Uh, sometimes, unfortunately, due to um, staffing constraints, you may have to you know, break those rules a little bit. Right. But uh, there's no real regulation. There's no one looking over you as far as how many hours you're working. I mean, obviously, if you put in your timesheet and say you work 24 hours a day for seven days a week, they're going to kind of question that. Right. No. Yeah. What are, is there any other perks out there of being a doctor? You're like, you know, it's just great, man. I didn't even think about when I was going through of becoming a I mean, doctor. It's, it, it's beautiful. I, I mean, I love it. Uh, I love the fact that I have a stable job, right? 
I'll never, you know, hopefully, God willing, I'll never be unemployed because they'll always need a doctor if it's not in Long Island. It'll be in New York. If not New York, somewhere in the country. And if not, I'll go across the world. You know, there's always a job for a doctor. Number two, the um, the compensation is more than adequate. Uh, number three, I make my own schedule. Number four, I mean, just knowing about medicine and health is a huge asset. I mean, I can avoid, you know, trips to my own doctor just because, you know, I'm able to kind of diagnose some minor stuff on my own. And uh, that for family and friends as well. Right. It helps yeah. having having colleagues that are doctors and exactly. And exactly. So you're comfortable. You're comfortable yeah. on who you're dealing with, and that, that's a big part. And wow, you know what? I, I know you have a tight schedule, but it, it um that's another part uh, we didn't even talk about. But some people are apprehensive because they may not be comfortable with 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 their regular primary doctor. And again, um, I found me personally, once I found a doctor, I don't care how far they were almost, once I was comfortable talking with them, I didn't want to change doctors just because you're able to share that private, personal information. And, That's and it's uh, 100% key. correct. 100% correct. I mean, I think there's no substitution for a good primary care doctor. You can come to the emergency room and see me if you have a, a real uh, spur-of-the-moment problem. But I'm always going to defer my decisions and your care to your primary doctor, someone that knows you on a regular basis and seeing you uh, kind of grow over the years. There's no substitute for that. Hey, Brett, before we let the, the doc go, what do you you got anything for him? Yeah, um, I was just uh, listening to you edify the doctor. And I have one, but I, I said... Let me go with the edification question with the doctor because I wasn't going to talk about my bullet wound, but I ain't going to go there. Maybe the next time. <laughs> <laughs> as as LC edified you on, you know, taking care of his moms, I had a I had a situation which most people go through when if a doctor doesn't edify you uh, correctly, you know, even with the diagnosis. Because, you know, I'm a veteran. I go to the VA a lot. And over time, you know, you get different doctors. So this one year, I go, as this Indian uh, doctor, female, she was very harsh on me about my blood pressure. Now, in the past, they've always asked, you know, do you know you have high blood pressure and this, that, and the other? And they said it real nicely to me. And uh, what are you doing about it? She came off and said, do you know you are beast and your high blood pressure is very high? I'm like, wow. That makes me not want to go back to the doctor. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it's all about edification of the patient and diagnosing them also to make them feel like they should come back and get treatment, see help. You know what I'm saying? So uh, that, that's my real like like statement on you know what what LC was saying about you taking care of mom. You know, so that's very important for a doctor to edify a patient. Let them know what they might have and, and help them treat it and to make them want to come back. Because if you you put them in shock on something that they may have, you know, they might not want to go back and they get quicker, you know? That's a good point. I mean, we have to tailor a lot of our discharge instructions and uh, uh, education 
to the patient. I mean, I wouldn't talk to Larry's mom in that sort of attitude or that kind of uh, cadence. But if I get a young 20-something-year-old kid in there who can't breathe, who's complaining and crying about a cough, and then when he says he smokes a pack a day, you know, trust me, I'm going to let him have it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and, and you need that as a patient. You need to get that from your doctor. And uh, that's what that, that's what makes a good doctor. And you know, there's good doctors out there, and so-so doctors, and and doctors maybe they're not as good. So, yeah. well, I think one of the good things and that we want to convey in this message is, hey, get someone that you can communicate with, you can feel comfortable with. And yeah. if something happens, it's good to know we got good doctor, good doctor Joe's out there. Yeah. That, are, that are added on top of his craft and can mediate until you can get back to your primary care. So it's it's good though that like I said, I was I was impressed and I was like, you know what, I gotta get this I gotta get this doc on the show, get his story out, and I know we're we're out of time with him. This time always goes quick on the show. We got a good interview. The time just it goes really quick. So we definitely wanna have you back on soon there, Doc. To kind of touch on some other stuff I had a ton of, ton of questions And <clears throat> We definitely want to circle back It always comes up I mean, you, talk, you hear about it on different shows Or on the radio Of different issues that patients Come across Not necessarily with doctors But just medical issues Which happen So we definitely want to reach back to you here And hopefully maybe before the end of the year And have you back on And Maybe we could talk a little bit about that And again, educate our listeners What they can do to better uh, Keep themselves From coming to see you There you go yep. You know, but, <laughs> but these things do happen I might want to come exactly. see you now <laughs> You may want to go see him now <laughs> Well, he's working now He's, he's not working now He's, he's home, man he's home I'm working now, yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, before we let you go, Doc, do you have anything that you'd like to uh, tell the listeners? Any words of wisdom or anything that you'd like to convey? Uh, not much, man. Uh, everyone, I hope they enjoy their summer. Stay safe. And uh, looking forward to talking to you guys soon. We do. We thank you again for take some time out of your busy schedule i know it's busy i was like man i gotta be able to track them down and so it was great to have you on and again thanks so much for uh coming on the show and we look forward to having you on again soon okay sounds good man. thanks again have a good one you too guys yep well brad another great guest great to have finally a doctor on it's always great to have a doctor in the house yes, and a doctor <laughs> part of the show which is which is uh, all good And man I had, I had a ton of questions for him And that time just yeah, one, I got to ask him about my bullet wound I got for 23 years ago You know what I Oh god So it's 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 good though And, and again we, we hope you to listen Give us a shout Let us know your thoughts And if you got any questions for the doctor we didn't take any calls today, but let us know. You guys want to call in to ask the doctor some questions 
Perhaps we can get him on in the future Take some questions But ultimately uh, As the doc said It's all about Having a relationship A close personal relationship With your doctor And you don't have to see him in the ER So And I know man That ER is rough man I just had to go to the ER again uh, For my wife and that was that was ugly. So, yeah, but we couldn't couldn't help it, you know. Couldn't help. It. We had to go to the ER. And so, trust me, he want to stay out of the ER as much as possible. Mm-hmm. They're trying to make it. They try. They they really don't want you in the ER. Once you, and and you really don't want to if you don't have to. It's just the amount of people that go to the ER and the wait. Is this unbelievable Because there's only so many doctors On call mm-hmm. So They do what they can to, to get you in as soon as possible But guess what It's it, It's tough when you're in pain Waiting mm. And waiting So But uh, again um, We want to thank uh, Dr. Joseph Chiro For spending some time with us Brad Very informative and just a enlightening opportunity to find out some information from a doctor's perspective. So that's what's that's what's that's what's good. So as you travel the highways and byways there, Brad, I know you do have some shout outs. What do you got? Hey man, it's moving good. You know, I'm down here. I'm cheesing, I'm having a good time. I'm looking at the uh, the Freedom Tower right now down in the BK. You know what I'm saying? Traffic's moving pretty well. You know, I'm not taking my regular route, the no toll route, so I'm going to do the take the toll route because I'm pushing for time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Then I heard it's going to be a fiasco trying to park down in Baltimore because the special event is going down tonight. Beyonce and the Formation Tours, Redman's going to be in the house. Once again, the summer cannot stop the Redman. I tell you, man, I'm so excited about this summer, 2016. And uh, a lot of things on the table, and uh, it's, it's going to be a stone cold gas, as we say, right? <laughs> that's what's good. Stone cold, baby. And that's 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 what's happening. So, I guess before we get on out of here, we'll do a couple quick shout outs. Give a quick shout out uh, to my wife, Speedy Recovery, to her. Uh, give a shout out to all my peoples, uh, the Breadman, uh, Norm Cell, uh, the Wood, Kenny, Skip, the whole crew. You know, there's a whole whole ton of these guys. Kenny, <laughs> can't remember Frank B. All these guys are out and about doing their thing. Appreciate all you guys. And appreciate you, and most importantly, our listeners all over the world. We appreciate the emails. Hit us up, lcandjack at gmail.com. Uh, hit up the Breadman. Hit up the LC and Jack webpage. Uh, let us know what's, uh, what's on your mind. We have some great guests coming down. And actually, uh, Brad, it's about that time, the Hall of Fame. And... So we'll see if we can get someone on for the Hall of Fame. Talk about the and we're talking about specifically the football Hall of Fame. 
I don't know if I'm going to make it out there again because I got some other things going on. Seems like mm-hmm. every year around that time, and it's getting close because so much July already. Sorry, mid mid June. Uh, but we we'll see if we can do it early this year. And let's get someone on for the Football Hall of Fame to talk about the inductees. That's always a great show. And we have some other guests too that are coming on. So I don't know if we're gonna let the cat out of the bag with them because we haven't locked down the dates yet. But let us know if you have any interesting individuals out there you want us to interview. Got to be cautious with that. But hit us up and let us know. We'll we'll, we'll go through the emails and and we'll see if we can get them on the air. But uh, definitely there, Breadman. Uh, we'll uh, I'd love to have Beyonce's dancer. Oh, most definitely on on the show. We'll love to do that. Spotlight her and find out. What she, what she's gonna be doing outside of, of course, doing Beyonce. What oh, else does she has on tap? Oh, she's doing a lot, man. I'm telling you, I'm her promoter, baby. She's doing okay. it. I'm gonna send you some videos and some pictures of her. She's a, a dynamic individual. Um, I've been known her for a while, but I met her last summer when I was out in California, and we had a nice time. And um, she's looking forward to coming on the show. You know. She's been doing her own thing. She left California and uh, moved to Atlanta with her husband. His name is Mark Marvelous. I think I've seen one of his videos. So he did for Usher and other uh, singers as well. So uh, they're doing their thing. They keep dance down in Atlanta and everything like that. And things. So she's doing her thing, man. We're definitely going to get on the LC and Jack Regal show and let her uh, share her experience. And what she's going through right now. That's all right. That's 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 what it's all about. So all those dancers out there, a lot of big time people have been dancers. I mean, Sean Puffy Combs was was probably a big one. Uh, Jermaine Dupree, I believe, was a dancer too at one point. So there's a lot of people out there that kind of broke in by dancing. So, you do what you need to do to get and achieve your goals. As the doctor said, if you're a people person, think about med school. Think about becoming a doctor. You know what? I, I've never thought about it like that. Yeah. But guess what? That's why we try to spotlight those individuals to give you insight of different professional jobs out there. So, man, if I had a chance to do it again, maybe I, maybe I would have become a doctor. I don't know about that one, but, yeah. but maybe. <laughs> you, like, you, like blood? you like blood? You got like blood, though. You don't like yeah, blood. Yeah, I know. You're a doctor. You got to deal with that. You should ask the doc about that. I have to deal with it. But he's probably immune to all that stuff. That's the thing with a doctor. It's like I'm, I'm not a lot of things phase them. They're like it, real immune to most things. And I think yeah. that, like you said, Brad, you... As he, and he alluded to going to medical school. You kind of go through all of that. See, you get used yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. So, that's what's good. So, travel safe, my friend. Yes, sir. For our listeners out there, you uh, be safe, be sound. God bless.
Yeah. All right, Brad. So, we'll put this up. I, I don't know if we're going to do a sh- Well, I don't know. 